morning, everyone. Okay. We are beginning a new Mesechas this morning. Mesechas Christus. Well, later. But first, we have first. to review the last of the the last page of uh, Mesechas Tumura. And um, we are learning and also Daniel Benet Baruch Ben Yudalei Be'emi and Naftali Yosef Mechaim Nisan Alevi. And let's also all have in mind Rufush Lema for all who need it. Thank and with you. that, start our, rev- our review from the mission at the bottom of the page, Alam Gimel Amud Beis. And we're talking about that there's a, conf- a contrast between different ways to get rid of uh, things that are prohibited to benefit from. So there's the first group, which are the, the things that need to be buried underground. Um, this is not required, somebody asked uh, yesterday if there's a particular space where they need to be buried. As far as I know, there isn't. Um, just buried, underground. Um, and uh, the first in the list, basically in the Mishnah, is uh, a miscarriage from a korban. So that uh, needs to be buried. Even not the miscarriage, but the placenta also needs to be buried. Uh, the Shorhaniskal—that's the ox that was that gored and killed a man—and um, needs to get the death penalty. So that also, after it's stoned, needs to be buried. The Egla Rufa, which is what's brought when there is uh, a when there is murder in the environs of a city. So the elders of the city have a special procedure that they do with the uh, lopping off the head of a of a calf and they bury the body. Uh, cannot benefit from that body. Uh, the birds of a Mitzorah, the hair of a Nazir, Petachamor, um, when you do not redeem it, all needs to be buried after you. Um, and Basar Bechalav, meat and milk, and also Chun Shanishkabazara. Now, as far as the Chun Shanishkabazara, what? Yes. In the first two items, he says Yikavu, and then later on, he just mislists them. Any reason why the, the two first ones are, he mentioned they had to be buried? Any special reason for it? I didn't Good see anything. I didn't see anything. Why we're specifically... Well, it started off with the introduction of Elohim and Nikbar. No, and then, and then it mentions this one needs to be buried. And this one needs, this to, be one needs buried, to be buried. And, and then it just keeps list. going. Right. I have no explanation Very why. Okay, yeah, you know, it, question. But it... But it happens, you know. Well, I, I, I see it happen. You know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes... Not, okay, let's put it this way. Nothing happens. There's a reason for it. There's a reason, right. Yeah, There's I a reason. Uh, Rabbi doesn't just do that for, for nothing. He doesn't do that for nothing. But then no, again, not always do we have an explanation. The Gemara didn't focus on that. I know. But uh, there is usually some sort of explanation why. No. I didn't see anything. Okay, um, next was the Chulun Shanish Chubazara. It was actually a machlokas. Tanakama says that it must be buried, and Rabbi Shimon says actually it should be burnt. And the same dispute, I believe, is with the Chayish and Chubazara. Um, it's the same dispute. Now, uh, then there's the list of those things that need to be burnt, and they include Chametz on Pesach, um, Yisarif, um, um, and Orla and Klaikarim, if it's burnable, then it should be burnt. If it's not burnable, then it should be buried. Um, and also, Trumatamea, you are actually allowed to use as fuel. Um, and therefore, um, although you're burning it, but you're actually allowed to benefit from that burning. 
Kachim that are nishchat chutz lezmano chutz mkomo, which is um, you know that's the, the, the basically pigol or pigol and chutz mkomo. Um, again, the needs to be burnt. Asham taloi. Um, if it turns out that we, you brought Hashem Taloi in doubt whether you transgressed a sin, and it turns out that you did not, so you don't follow through with the carbon, you just burn it um, if it's already been slaughtered. Okay, and review this says you can bury it. Chatasa'of, which is brought on a suffix, and it turns out that it was not a need to bring that Chatasa'of, also should be burnt, but according to review, that's enough to just throw it into the channel which is in the base of Migdash, and it goes out to the valley. Um, all things that are buried should not be burnt, and all things that are burnt should not be buried, according to Tanakama, according to Rebuda. Actually, um, you can always upgrade to burning. Um, it's just not a requirement. Now, the Gemara was bothered by a contradiction um, uh, between our Mishnah, which says that the hair of Anazir should be buried, and then we brought a, an additional source. Uh, Tevi asked the question. It says that, uh, uh, that when one weaves um, a strand the size of the distance between the thumb and the pointer from wool of a bachor in a baguette, it must be burnt. And if it's also, if you weave a sack from the hair of a nazir in Petachamar, also should be lit, should be burnt. So it sounds like the way to get rid of it is by burning. So it's a contradiction. So Gemara says it actually depends whether it's Nazir Tameh or Nazir Tahar. Nazir Tameh is, uh, did not really finish this process, and then you just cut off the hair and burn it. I mean, bury it. And if it's a Nazir Tahar, since the proper thing to do is you actually use the hair as the fuel for cooking the carbon shlamim, it's at least addition to the wood. So that is going to be... Um, proper way to get rid of it is with burning. Okay. Um, so he says that's a beautiful answer for half the question, because that, that answers for the Nazir, it does not answer for the Petr So why is Petr um, in one source, our Mishnah is saying that it's supposed to be buried if uh, um, you know, if you didn't redeem. And uh, we hear it saying that the hair of the Petr you burn it. So what's not it's not the same way to get rid of it. So that's a, he did not have an answer. He says, maybe you have an answer. So he says, let me tell you what Rav Shesha says. Rav Shesha says, it's, uh, um, Rav Shesha says that uh, there's a difference between regular hair, which can just be buried, or when it's in a sack form, and then it's in a usable form. So if you bury it, there's a concern that somebody might notice it, dig it up and then use it and benefit from it, and it's prohibited to benefit from. So therefore, once it's in a useful form, we need to get rid of it in a more permanent way by burning it. That's the answer. Um, we saw this answer also from Rav Yosef and we saw an answer for Nazir, the other, the other answer of the chiluk between Nazir Tar and Nazir Tami. So the Gemara then raised the question, why is it that in just a single strand that size between the thumb and a pointer, it's not that much. Um, why isn't it become bottle berov? And it should become negated to the rest of the sack, and it should be completely permitted. So the Gemara explains that we're not talking about an actual um, that it's woven in somewhere lost in. It's noticeable because it's a design element in the sack. It was a designer sack, and uh, it was, and it has like a bird shape on it. Okay, 
or uh, Nike swoosh or something like that, made out of the hair of a nazir. Okay, okay, or a penguin. What? Alligator. A penguin, right? So I, I thought the Nike swoosh, whatever. Anyway, the point being is. You know, it's an advertisement. Anyway, bottom line is, so the Gemara says, if that's the case, just take it off. Why you, you know, take that right off the sack, remove the design element that's prohibited, and then you can go on and use the sack. The Gemara answers, um, well, don't you know, we're going like Rabbi Udo, who says that you need to, uh, that if you want to burn what should be buried, it's not a problem. So the Gemara says, uh, are you, I'm not sure if you're trying to answer the question that I asked, but the question that I asked that's not an answer. So the verse says, you're right. If you, wait, it's missing, there was a jump. If, if you can remove it, of course, that is what you should do. If you cannot remove it, so then the reason why we're burning it is because um, we hold like Rabbi Udo says that if you want to be machmir and burn that which is, should be buried, it's per, certainly permissible. Next list is the list of things that need to be burnt. So we mentioned Chometz Pesach, and that's following the opinion of Rabbi Yudah, who says that beer chametz is only the only way to do beer chametz is by burning? Truma um, and orla, we said uh, depends, and that is if it's a food item that is dry, so it can burn, so then you burn it. If it's not the case, if it's a liquid, so you cannot burn it, so then you should bury it. Uh, next, we talked about the chatas of that's brought on a suffix. So according to Rabbi you just throw it into the ama, you cut it up into smaller pieces and then let it drain down, and it won't, we don't worry about it clogging. It's a very soft, small bird, and it'll be carried out uh, to the Kidron Valley. Next we talked about is the Ol Mikbarim, you shall not burn, and the reason why is because generally, things that need to be buried, if you would burn it, the ashes are still prohibited. They remain, they retain their prohibited status even after you burn it. And that's why it's not a good idea to burn it because you may come to use the ashes. That's the issue. And uh, things that are to be burnt is because once you change the form, there is no prohibition when it's in ash form. And therefore, you might as well, the best way to get rid of it is by burning because then it really gets rid of it. It's not just somewhere under the ground that might be dug up again. So that's really what it depends on. So the Gemara says, is this really true that um, that Mikbarin, uh, their ashes are prohibited? The Bryce says, uh, gives a, examples of things that should be buried. And it says that once they're dried out, they're tahar. Does that mean tahar or mutar? So the Gemara says, no, it's tahar va'asa. So we talked about uh, uh, another case, another question from Ola Sa'of. You squeeze the blood out. Um, and we said that the, the rest of it, you know, the feathers and everything, um, do not have a demi'ila. Does that mean it's mutar? So says, no, it's no mi'ila, it's still asr. So that's not the same thing. Um, then the Gemara asks, what about nisrafin? You said of Hagdish, the ashes are mutar. But we brought a b'risa that seems to say that the ashes are generally mutar, except but anything that's burnt is generally mutar once it's in ash form, except for the ashes of an ashera and except for the ashes of Hagdish. And the reason why we're singling out Asherah and Hagdish, and we didn't say the ashes of an Asherah and Hagdish, is because they work differently. Ashes of an Asherah did have a way to get rid of the Isser. Like any Isser of Avodah when it belongs to a Gentile, he can negate it as a status of an Avodah and that automatically gives it, um, loses its status as, as an idol. 
and it becomes permitted to benefit from. And uh, uh, that is not the case. Egdish, Egdish will remain in its permitted state. So the question is, I thought once you burn it, the ashes becomes permitted, so it's contradictory. So um, the Gemara explains um, uh, that, uh, and we saw only one of the answers, and we saved the last answer for the Siam, which Mir Tzashem will do on Sunday. Um, so Raman Bahamas says we're talking about where um, the fire happened by itself. So basically a very interesting answer, but the point being is this. When you are um, when 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 an individual burns something, so being that that would qualify as in, as being mold hectish, so the rule is when you're mold hectish that actually takes it out of hectish status in the process. You actually committed transgression, you're hyped to bring a carbon, but the item no but loses its status as hagdish. And therefore, the in ash form it'll be permitted. When an, a fire falls on itself, somehow it burnt itself up, so then it ret- there was no body to, basically no process that removed it from being hagdish, and, and that's the difference, and that was the answer, or at least one of the answers, and we'll see one more near Hashem at the Siam. Which brings us to a new Masechta. Okay. What's, kar- what's Kared Mamash? So, Kresos are uh, the Kresos... No, the singular. Kared? Yes. It's a punishment where... It's one of the punishments that... Hashem is the one who, who gives it. Right, exactly. Karet is uh, various averos when, are done, uh, when, are, when they're done intentionally, willfully, and you uh, and and there no you do not need witnesses for karis because it's God who meets out the punishment so he knows and you have to have done it willfully knowingly that what you're doing is completely wrong and you're doing it anyway so then there is a punishment of karis karis is an extremely severe punishment it's machlokas what is it actually Rashi brings down the position that it's not, that he he dies without children or something like that. Um, um, there, there is an idea of a Kares also dying young, but it's basically a, a form of like a type of uh, of misa b'deshamayim, but it's in a sense more severe because you're also cut off. You're like you're 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 the, nishama, you're yeah, there's some some spiritual element of being excised from the rest of Kali Yisrael. That's what's going on. You're not going. Your neshama won't continue. It doesn't say it that way. I really can't give more information because I don't, you know, I don't know exactly. And even if somebody has kares, God, there's such a thing as tshuva, even that can sort of undermine it or override. Dash, with even with yisurei kares, that's exactly right. You that's, can bring a korban. No, tshuva, repentance. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's that's what happens. Korban is always for. Typically, usually, for sins that are unintentional. There we talk about intentional. Anyway. But in this world, is yeah. there a manifestation of it? Early death I mean, or a death of children. Had, That's it. This has uh, subjected to Kari's function normally. Except, yes, you won't see any difference. I mean, unless you have very spiritual eyes. Uh-huh. Maybe then you could tell. Okay. But... Uh, the uh, but but there is the concept that he will die young if he if you know or or lose his children or something like that for committing these transgressions. So the klal doesn't know about it because you want to you want to hide them. 
Yeah, but this is intentional. Again, the yeah. person we're talking about over here, these sins the person did willfully, knowingly that it's wrong, knowing that it's this punishment, and I'm not caring about it. So that's the result. Okay. In many cases, the punishment is intended to be a deterrent to other people. So it seems like there should be some knowledge. Right, knowledge. right. But we're talking about a sin that was not done publicly. Okay, because yeah. if it was done in front of others... You're so then there's a different kind of death penalty. Then there's our, then we then we'll meet out a punishment. It's going to be something that we'll punish with either death penalty. Some of these cases, um, if we have witnesses and warning, there'll be a death penalty that we will carry out. Sometimes it's not going to be a death penalty that we'll carry out, uh, but it'll be at least a lashes that we'll carry out. And some of these, um, you know, because there is no other punishment. Um, and, uh, and that's basically, it's going to fall under one of those categories. Here we're talking about where it's completely unwitnessed by anybody. Um, nobody knows about it or we don't have proof. Um, so then that's how do we it's caused. How do we call when we outcast Cherem? Uh, you put somebody in a Cherem. This is you, not a Cherem. No, not a Cherem at all. No, we are I mean, if they're, if they're witnesses. No, if, if there are witnesses, witnesses, no. If no, there are witnesses, then there's punishment. If there was a warning, yeah, death penalty or lashes, right, right or exactly. Or okay. Let's all right, that was a good introduction. Karis means bidei shemaim. That's what Karis means. No, there's also something called misa bidei shemaim, which is a little bit different, which is just dying young. Karis has another connotation to it of being cut off. Right. We, it's, uh, there's disputes. Okay. With that, so let's get to the list. Shloshim b'sheish grisos b'torah. There are 36 scenarios or examples in the Torah where the punishment is kares when it's done intentionally and there is no warning. So we cannot, no witnesses, no warning. So we cannot carry out any punishment. But it's kares, which is God's job, basically. So they are... So going through the list now, if you want to count all 36, that's beautiful. If not, I'm trusting that the Mishnah knows how to count. Okay? Somebody who has relations, marital relations, or you know, co- cohabits with his mother, or his stepmother, or his daughter-in-law. That's redundant Group one. because you arayos, no? What do you mean redundant? <laughs> I mean, because we have some of these cases mentioned before. No, no, no. We're oh, talking about, we're listing oh, the listing, the listing okay. all those okay, 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 okay. No, no, you have to realize, this is a group that we're trying to tell you when you're going to get curries, okay? okay. Now, all, everything is from everywhere else. So if you actually, um, if, you, uh, if this would be our first tractate that we're ever learning, there would be a lot to explain. But hopefully we're familiar, like you said, yeah, sure, we learned about these prohibitions in other areas, so we're touching on many, many different prohibitions and all over Shas. So it's a review of a lot of Shas. Number, okay, so that's group A. It's interesting. Here, the Rashi does point out why we group it in different groups. These all happen to be a single death penalty when it's done, in, uh, um, with, right? With Edim. Right, no, with Edim, right, exactly. Habala Zohor, Valabema, one who has relations with uh, with a, a, a man to a man, or bestiality, or a woman who brought an animal to her in act of cohabitation, all of that, that's all, those are also examples of curries. 
Habal Ish Obita, somebody who has relations with a woman and her daughter, um, which is uh, the, the prohibition is not both necessarily, uh, but that includes many prohibitions. I don't know if you recall, there's the mother in law, it doesn't matter the order. So, your, you know, a man's wife's daughter or granddaughter or mother or mother or grandmother, all of those in that line would be included. Your niece. In, no, we're not talking about a niece here. This is your daughter, Correct. your Correct. wife's daughter, stepdaughter. A stepdaughter, yeah. Right. Then, ish and also ish, that's a married woman. Habalachoso, there's the next group that's also ending a group. Habalachoso, Balachos Aviv, one who has relations with his own sister or his aunt, his father's sister, Balachos Imo, or his mother's sister. Or his wife's sister. Or his brother's wife. Or his uncle, his father's, his father's brother's wife. His, you know, so his aunt through marriage. All of those. Valanida, also one who has relations with a menstruating woman. Didn't go to mikvah. Hamagadev, one who curses God. One who does idolatry. One who passes his uh, his uh, child over the Moloch, which was a process that they did. It's a type of idolatry of sorts, or it's a procedure. It's not it's very clear if it's actual idolatry. We had it um, in Sanhedrin. One who transgresses the talk, necromancy, talking to the dead. Um, it was a process, and that's also kares. Shabbos, somebody who transgresses Shabbos. Yeah, that's in their life. They're, right. That's, you're allowed to marry your wife's sister after the passing of the right one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an exception. Do what? the sexual things apply to uh, only Jews? What, what about a, a non Jewish woman and her daughter? I mean, is that, does it carry over to non Jews? Well, um, you mean if they convert? Or is that what you're asking? No, 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 no. no, no they're going. Do Gentiles have that issue? No, of right. Jews, 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 right? A Jew with a Gentile. A Jew with a Gentile is, so you're asking... It, it, a mother and a daughter, is it the same prohibition as with a Jewish mother and a daughter? Should be. Or a you know, you get the death penalty? I don't I don't think so, but I don't know. It's, I mean, it's general. No, we don't. Stuff. No, we, we general. We it up, right? We talked about uh, the non-Jews. Not no, we did not talk about, about it. Related I mean, to you at all. What? This, mother, this, this woman and daughter are not related to you. They just no, so Mizar, we're talking about everything for Jews. No, no. Well, but you are, about, right? you are sleeping with a non-Jewish girl and then and her, her daughter. Mother, and right. a daughter together. Right. right. But here's the story. It doesn't... It, 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 if I recall... If I recall, it's only in a in a marriage. You have though when you marry the one, then there's a prohibition to the other. If there was no marriage, oh, 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 then okay, in other so words, 
Because you could marry one of them. Because you could marry one. You understand? I, I remember. When so you was around saying, wouldn't trip the, the death penalty. Exactly. What do you say? You could marry the Jewish woman, the mother. Could or could not? You could. It's a possibility for the married, to marry the daughter or to marry the mother. If she's that the, the other one becomes prohibited. So that's what transition. But you're not marrying anybody. You're just not marrying anybody. I don't think. I just think. But again, it's it's it's, uh, well, it's, it's a good what question. What about Nida? Yeah. Nida is the same thing. Is there a concept of, of uh, Nida with a non-Jewish? Not really. No. I mean, so it, 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 it's not really the, applicable. But again, uh, Can you hear my question. I hear your question, but I have to realize. I just want to clarify something here. This this. Uh, list over here is not it's it's all detailed in their respective places. So in Masachas Sanhedrin, in Masachas, all the various Masachas, that's where the discussion of all these things are going to be discussed. We're only mentioning them here because it happens to be if you did it willfully without witnesses, without warning, then you're going to get the death penalty, the punishment of cards. That's why it's listed here. So it's not really getting involved in the details of. What uh, you oh, know, of each one, of each one, uh, except uh, as it relates to the fact that you're getting courage. That's and the so do rock and roll. Okay. okay. <laughs> if there was one sha'ad that could could use it, then automatically that becomes a prohibition to to use it. All right. Now again, anyway, moving on. Just a, just, just a comment. I'm sorry. You are listing the 36. We know. I'm I'm aware. <coughs> that in places like Masharim or certain groups that they don't want to mix with other people, with other kind of Jews and they have, maybe they are haters from Rabonim to have a, some kind of marriage and you know that the kids are the kids resolves the kid that resolves from this kind of... Are you talking about a mamzer question? No, cousins. Cousins. cousins, cousins, cousins. So what's the question? The question, if I, the question is, uh, maybe there is a native from one of these cases. No, no, no. That, that's a, first of all, this is the, this is the real transgression. Where a cousin is nothing wrong with marrying a cousin. There's no prohibition at all. It's not written in the Torah anywhere. It doesn't say anything or about a it. Niece. A, even a niece, you're allowed to marry according to the Torah. It's only these ones that are mentioned in the Torah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Let's keep going. Okay, next one. Vitame Shachel Kodesh. A Tame person who eats something that is sanctified. Ba'abala Migdash. Tame, somebody who enters the base of Migdash when he is impure. Ba'ochel Chelev, somebody who eats Chelev. Vidam, or eats blood. Vinoser eats a le- part of a carbon after it's supposed to be left over. A pigol, one who partakes from a pigol carbon, which we, we mentioned in the end of yesterday's, uh, of the last Mesechta. What pigol is, where somebody uh, when slaughtering the carbon, bring the carbon, he had in mind to eat it outside its time, that carbon becomes pigol. If somebody eats that, there's kares. Somebody who slaughters and, and, or, uh, and brings a carbon outside the base of Mikdosh. Somebody who eats Chamesh Okay. One who eats. Or, tr- or does activity of, of a malacha, prohibited activity on Yom Kippur. Ve'amefatim is Hashem, somebody who actually, there's a special anointing oil that Moshe uh, uh, made, and uh, anybody who makes that same exact recipe will be Chayev Kares, if it was intentional. Ve'amefatim is a somebody who... Um, 
who makes the Ktoras, again, for his own use. Somebody who uses the anointing oil for his own needs. Those are the... Those are, well, those are the list of the negative prohibitions. Also, the positive obligation of bringing a Korm Pesach and Bris Mila, they're both also attached to Kares, but it happens to be positive mitzvahs. So those are obligations to do, not prohibitions from not to do. Exactly. And that's our list. On all of these, if you did so willfully, again, without warnings, so there is no death penalties that we can carry out. The punishment is kares excision. So in all of these, the shogig, the unintentional act, which all of these things can be done unintentionally, Rashi goes through, it's actually kind of creative in some of these examples. How did he not know what he was doing? That's okay. a good question in some of these quick, quick cases. But with enough creative thinking, you know, he was under the impression that this was, we have the sample. He didn't the realize that it was an animal. He thought it was. Okay, he thought it wasn't an animal. Quite. How could that mistake happen? You may ask. They had really good drinks back then. Exactly. Very strong. Excuse my ignorance. We have a case in the Chumash when one of the Rasheshvatim marries his daughter-in-law. His daughter-in-law? No, I mean, he has relations with his daughter-in-law. You're talking about Yehuda? Yehuda, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 sure. Yeah, because but that was after his, after his son had passed away. After the son passed away, okay. Okay, and it's also before Mantara. Okay, so, um, and that's Shigigaso Chata. So again, like I said, how to come up with a Shogig is a little tricky. Okay, but it was a Chathas. If you are not sure, that's also very creative. How did you not know? Um, again, it was a suffix. So you're not sure, did I transgress this prohibition or did I not? Um, right? I thought it was, uh, let's say, Chometz and Pesach is a good example. He thought that this was a, um, this was, you know, made out of, you know, whatever, almond flour, right? And it turns out that it was actual... It was, um, you know, it wasn't exactly... It was chametz. It was real chametz, whatever. There's a lot of these bakeries that uh, on Pesach, they produce you know, Pesach-style foods that uh, you thought it was Pesach thick. And this is not exactly... This is intentional. No, so no, the whole... No. Which means we're talking about when it'll be in Asham Toloi. Did I transgress or did I not? I don't know. So that can happen. That's an be in Asham Toloi. The only cases in the list that is not going to result or cannot result in a, in a Asham Talui situation is Chutzmina Matami Migdash Vikdash of somebody who, who, who uh, makes the Besa Migdash, enters the Besa Migdash, or eats Kodesh when is Matami it. That's because because when you transgress, it's not a standard Chatos, it's not a Chatos Kavua, which is a set animal. Rather, it is an oliviorid type of sacrifice, which is a variable sin offering, depending on your income or your wealth level. If you're a wealthy person, you would bring the animal. If you're less wealthy, then you can bring a, uh, the birds. And if you're even weak, uh, poorer than that, then it's... Then it's, um, then it's so you have cases that are, you, you know, obviously, you are making an a avere. And there are cases that you 
unintentionally did them. Exactly. So in a regular unintentional, it's a chatas. But only a chatas kavua, when you're not sure if you did it, does it result in an asham tolui. But in a chatas, that's a variable sin offering, and you're unsure if you did it. Um, I walk into the base of Migdash when I'm Tameh, but I'm not sure if I walked into the right area, I don't, into the wrong area, or whatever it is. It's a, it's a asham, it would have been an asham tolui, except that it's not, because if it was done for a fact unintentionally, it's not a regular katas, it's a variable sin offering. Yes? Uh, this is two huge issues here for jury in general, is Shabbos and, and eating chumitz on, on Pesach. Yeah. Those are on the list. People know, in general, Jews who are not are observant, know that you're not supposed to eat bread on, on, uh, on Pesach. Pesach. Right. They also know that Jews celebrate Shabbat by you know, not driving, not doing all these stuff. They, they are aware of that. Mm-hmm. And they intentionally do. They celebrate Shabbat in their own way, which includes these events. Right. So, so you want to know? Does that is that how? Because I mean, it, it has the element of intention. That I'm, I'm doing this. I'm on, on Shabbat. Would that fit the category of krisos? That's what yes. you're asking. Yes. They, so I don't know. I'll so tell you. I, I really, it's hard to, for me. To, right. People. Right. So you know, it's a question of. Here's the story. It, it, I, and again, I, I mean, <laughs> actually, I had this discussion in preparation with my Harusa, and uh, he was under the impression that that anybody who didn't grow up observing Observer. the mitzvahs and observant, so then then he doesn't still think he's making out of it. technically falls in the category of etinak shenishba, even though they're aware of the concept, it doesn't. Not ma- it doesn't automatically. It's still not recognizing the severity of it, which is. And then other Orthodox Jews. They just know that there are that other. Yeah, there's different interpretations. You know, you have your opinion. I have my opinion. I'm, but, but my tradition is that it's not not to take it too too seriously. So I don't think it. I do believe so. Yes, I do believe that. He was born in a reform. Yeah, if you're born with with. Okay, right, but I'm saying, uh, like, how, how do they look at it? They know that they're aware of the existence, but they're not aware that that's an, that that's a, an absolute obligation. With this result, uh, you know, that's for sure not the case. Okay. okay. Anyway, that's Rameir's opinion. Also, cursing. I thought we said it before already. No, also cursing. There is no Ashem Taloi in Megadif. Uh, it's always only for action-based transgressions that we bring in Hashem Togoy. Megadev, which is, uh, is talking, it's not an action that you're doing in transgression, so therefore there's no... Speech is not an action in this case. Speech is not an action in this case. Why do you have a Rav opinion? These are tachlis. Yeah. Why do we have a Rabbi Meir? We have these are, yeah. we know these are the transgressions. No, no, no. We're talking about this particular case. Ah, okay, okay. Of, of where is all of your aid? He says there's no Ashim Tolu. Not everybody agrees with that. Okay. Okay. The interesting topic. I see. Okay, let's get started. Amud Beis, Baruch Hashem. Beis, wow. Wasn't so easy. This is not so easy. Yeah. No, Sorry for like the interruption. Okay. 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 Zag the Gemara. Taking it from the top of the page of Bez Amud Bez, Minyana Lamali. Why is it necessary to give a count over here of 36 Krisos? 
we could have just listed the Krisos, the krisos and that would have been sufficient. Why is it necessarily to take a number? So, Minyano Lomeli, Summer of Yochan and Yochan says the reason is, if a person did all of these transgressions in one big forgetting, one big unaware, uh, being unaware, each one is an individualized transgression that you will be chayv for separately. Again, obviously it's done behelem, it's not going to be kares, it's going to be a chatas, but it's coming to tell you that each one of these is individually, even though you were completely unaware when doing any of them. Now, once we mentioned that the number is, uh, is superfluous or not necessarily, and it's coming to tell us something, so now we're going to take a tour of many areas that mention numbers, and why does it mention the number in those areas? Okay, so, working, so we're working our way through many parts of the Torah. Visu and furthermore, how did that which we learned in the Mishnah? The Avas Malachos for Shabbos is 40 minus 1, which if you do the math is 39. Okay. Why do we need to count? We could just list them. The answer is Again, if you did all the transgressions of Shabbos in one forgetting then you can be high for each one individually. So furthermore, it talks about the four people who are meaning that they don't eat kachim until they bring their atonement. Why do we have to count them? Four, right? So Minyan Alamli, the answer is That's because we're countering the opinion of Rabbi Yaakov who says that there's actually five. So when we list four, we mean to say there's only four and there isn't five, and we're disputing Rabbi Yazar. The Tanya, the Bryce says, Rabbi Yaakov Omer, Ger, Mechusar Kapara. Every convert is actually, according to him, a Mechusar Kapara. He needs to bring an offering. In other words, in the process of a convert, a conversion, just like the Jewish people, when they sort of accepted the Torah, there was a, a korban that was brought. Right? So that process really needs to happen to every ger, and that's the and they're mechuser kapar until they do that. So that's why we left That's why we said four to counter that opinion. So furthermore, there are four examples in the Torah that we do not distinguish Mezid from Shogik. It's the same. Okay? Why list four? Why do we have to say the number? The answer is um, uh, He says the, uh, that actually when it comes to Shavuos uh, for a Pikadon, that's where a person was given an item to watch, and then they asked him, um, where's the item I gave you? And he swears that he never had that item. I don't know what you're talking about. That's a Shavuos HaPikadon. If he did so willfully, there is no Kapara, um, and, uh, which is, and we're putting it in the list, and he's taking it out. So that's what he said for. Stealing. Okay, right. So furthermore, another one. That you learned in the Mishnah. There are five samples, five examples where even if the person did many transgressions, single carbon can cover for many transgressions. So why do we have to list the number five? Because in the Seifa, we want to get to the Seifa, which says, uh, Nazir, that became, one of them is a Nazir that became Tameh many times, multiple times. The only way that works how a Nazir was tummy multiple times and still 
gets away with bringing a single carbon for all his multiple transgressions of becoming Tame. And that is because Kigon di Itmi Bishvi, he became Tame on the seventh day after his purification, meaning he went through the purification process for the seven days, and then he became Tame, and then he went again, became Tame on the seventh day, so it's multiple times, and he wasn't able to bring the carbon until the next day, so, but he was Tame multiple times, and then he will uh, bring uh, the carbon on the eighth day. Uh, after he finishes after, afterwards, and uh, that carbon is a single carbon for multiple tumma. So Mani Rabbiosi reviewed it's going like Rabbiosi with the Dominus Dara, Minashvihu the Khailalay. The new Naziris kicks in before you bring the carbon on the eighth day. It already starts the moment you purified yourself. That's already when you're you are the next Nazir. And uh the E Toma Rebbe, because it was Rebbe's opinion then that wouldn't fit. Since until the eighth day, he does not start the new Naziris, so it won't be possible to have multiple on the same count. Because once I'm able to bring the Korban on the eighth day for the first Toma, then obviously I'm going to have to bring already a new Korban if I become Tami again on that same day. So that's the story. Um uh, if it came to me on the seventh day, again on the seventh day, I that he never really left his tumma. It's all one. He right because he never started his new his new Nizirus. That's not then you'll have to bring separate korbanos. When did you become Tami again? At a point when you could have already brought the carbon for the first Tama. So Chayav al then you'll be Chayav on each and every one. So So the reason why we said the number is to get to the fact that we're going with the opinion of Rabbi Yosef Rebuta. Why this particular form? Because they are very Hamurot? No. What do you mean? What, what, with this, what, what, with this numbering? No, we're going on we every place that it lists a number. Why does it say a number? You're counting. Ah, okay. That's what we're going through. So Not necessarily have a degree Nothing. of... Uh, Severity, no, but why count it? What's the point of saying a number? Just say, what so is the, the, just list them. You already list. mentioned the 36. You, no, so, why, so we asked the question, why did we mention the number 36? Give an answer. And we are answering every place in Shas where it lists a number. Why does it say a number? Why is it relevant? That's the question. <laughs> So, so now, my Rebbe, my Rebbe, where is this dispute? So we have to mention it, right? The Tanya, the Bible says, Bikidish is Rosho. He re sanctifies his head, the, the, the Nazir, on that day. Which is that day? On the day of the bring of the Korban, that's Rebbe's opinion. The day, the new Nazir starts on the day of the Korban bringing. So that's the new day, eighth day. And Rabbi Yosef Yudah Omer Biyom Taglachoso on the day of the shaving of his head is, which is on the seventh day. Okay. So next one. Hadetanan Hey maybe Karban Olubiyari. There are five individual, five sins that bring uh, that have a variable sin offering. Minyan Olamali. Why do we need to count five? The answer is Mishum Diktani Sefa Nasi Kiyotzeban. Because there's a question whether a Nasi also brings a carbon olivyorate or not. So Taniela Fukimid Rablazar, we said five to count the Rebelazar. Dhamar Nasi may be soyer. He says actually a Nasi does not bring the variable sin offering. Um, uh, again it would be uh, pretty sad if the Nasi 
um, you can't afford the animal carbon, but that's yeah. you know very rare. But the point being is, does he bring his regular unique chatas that he normally brings, or does he get to give the 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 variable sin offering? So that's why we wanted to list the number. So furthermore, another question: Hadetran, that which we learned in Mishnah, Dalat Abbas Nizikin. There are four fathers of Nizikin. Why do we have to mention that? Right, the 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 shor bar mavav ever. Why is it mentioned four? Just count them. The answer is minyan alam leila fukimid reboshia to counter reboshia's opinion. Damer yud gimel of us nizikin. He says is actually thirteen. Okay, well the reboshia minyan alam leila. Why does he say thirteen? He's listing them all. Why say the number thirteen? What's he coming to counter? La fukimid rebchia damer chavtalad of us nizikin. Who says it's twenty four? Why does Rebchia have the list of 24? Okay, we're uh, talking about somebody who is a Moser, okay, um, who basically tells on the government to take a person's things away. Yeah. That's not an Abnezikin because it's, you're just really using words. Also, Pigol. If a Kohen messes up in the carbon and does a pigol, and now does, can I right? So he ruined my carbon for me. So can so can I take him to court? You know, small claims court for ruining my carbon. So according to this, no, um, that is not you. You can't do that. So even though he ruined my carbon, to me, right? Because it's all words and damage of words. It's called the hazik sheinu nikar. And therefore, you like don't. Just, that's I why mean, it's excluded like from. Like just, not even words, just thought. What? Like Pigle, it's even just, just right, it's not even words, right. Although, I don't think, I think, I think he has to speak it out, actually. I'm not sure if that's true. Sure he has to speak it out. Has to say the owner, your carbon is safe now. Okay. So, in the, in the thought of, of thinking the wrong time, I think you have to speak it out, that I have an intent to eat it at the wrong time. Okay, Amar Mar. So that's the end of the numbering. Okay, um, I I want you to know that we left out quite a few areas in the Torah that also do have numbers. At least that I can think of one for sure. But uh, so I so it's, it does not seem to be an exhaustive list. But uh, is there a uh, takeaway from all that? I mean, that digression is always there's always a reason for the yeah, numbers. So that's the really they chose to pick on that. To, Go off on a tangent. Sure. No, first of all, that's I, it's a, what is what, a pattern that I've noticed is that in the beginning of Masechta's, yeah. this happens so, all the time. In, in literature, modern literature, is called deconstructing. Deconstruct. You take away, you, you analyze the text on its own basis, as opposed to analyzing the context of the text. You analyze the construction of the text. Why is it this, this and way? And where do we business? find? Yeah, that's the first order of business. Is I yeah. understand why they, they, they why why do they say it the way they said it, and then, then we look at what they said. Okay, very calm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you find that a lot in Gemara's. Okay, anyway, Amar Mar. So we said before that the reason why we have the numbers, the numbering of 36 in this, in the Ar Mishnah, is to tell you that if you did all of them in one helam, in one error, you will be chayav on each one. Chayav al kalachas vachas. Now, I understand, bishlam patur legamri lamatz you can't be patur completely. That makes a lot of sense. Of course not. So, uh, so um, of course, you um, you know uh, it makes sense. You should, you have to get kares. Ella, if you did it willfully. If you did all of them in one, 
you know, one contiguous act or whatever, he was going wild in all these transgressions. Okay? Maybe you only will be chayv one kares. How do you know that the kares are adding up on each other? That's really the question. That's why the Torah singled out achoso as, in it, as, the, as the one that gets kares. To, dis, to divide it between uh, every various act of transgression to its own individualized excision. How could you have more than one chorus? If you have chorus, it's chorus. You can't transgress <coughs> more than one. You mean chuva? Well, but actually, you know yeah, what right. color it is. You have the two chuva each chorus? Yeah. yeah. But you have Reese's obviously. Okay. Anyway, that's a good question, but the point is, yeah, I guess, uh, anyway, that's the story. If you have courage, you have courage, and that, you're hung. No, you can only die once. You can only die once. All right. Ma'as givla rabivi barbai. So rabivi barbai asks a question. Maybe achoso, which was singled out. It's chayef. It's own chorus. The chulon. And all the rest, after all, all the rest of the arayos that are mentioned in a group kares, so there chayev only one kares for all of them. So the Gemara says, How could he ask that question? Doesn't he agree to this Bryce of famous idea called Dover It's one of the 13 hermeneutical principles. Anything that was in a general statement, Vyatsamakalan came out of the general statement, it came it's coming out to teach. It's not coming to teach only something about itself. It comes out to teach about the whole general the general and therefore uh how is this work? Basar um, example, okay, uh, somebody who eats meat, right? And Shlomim was one of the kach, is an example of one of the korbanos, of all these korbanos listed. Are you right? Why did we single out Shlomim? Particular. Just like Shlomim. Which is going on the Mizbeach. And your Chayev on it, who is talking about the uh, prohibition of eating it. Um, after, after saying that? Uh, yeah, okay, Pigul, whatever. Um, we learned from there. And it excludes But any that's like the Shlamim, will, it wasn't a din that's specific just to the Shlamim, but it teaches about the general principle of all Karbanos. That's because it was in the group and it was singled out for the purpose of teaching to the rest of the group. So that's the same circumstance here. Achoso was singled out to teach about all the other arayos that each one is individually chayav for kares. So what is going on over here? So didn't we say over there? We are excluding kachapetikabayis. So chenami ma'achoso miuchedes she erva I would have said that, you're right, Achoso was taken out, but only to include things that are the same as Achoso, that have no heter in the lifetime of the one that prohibited them. Okay? 
And then should come excluded from the list. Why? Because there's a concept of uh, Gerashin where the one who prohibited her, who is her husband, who makes her forbidden to all, he can still be alive and still she's permitted and it won't be prohibited. And that's different than all the other arias, like a sister. A sister, you cannot divorce your sister. Um, she's always for life your sister so that's the difference um, and maybe only things that are basically permanently there are included in the list of individualized kares and not things that can go away alright so that's the question um, okay um, Rabbi so Rabbi says here's the answer <laughs> to Rabbi Barbaya's question the Pasuk says, The Pasuk puts all of these uh, prohibitions of Arayos in one grouping. They're all now connected to Just like it's Chayev on its own individually, separate Kares, so to all the rest are Chayev on you know, themselves individually, a separate Kares. Okay. There's an opposing opinion, which is Rabbi Yitzchak, who says that you want to know why Achos was singled out? To tell you that all it gets is Kares and not Malkus. There's no lashes if you uh, did it in front of witnesses. So So how does he know to distinguish separate Krisos for all the acts of Arayos? The answer is To a woman, when she is a nida, do not come close. Now, why did we say to a woman? Just say Val nida, uh, okay? Uh, why does it say isha? The answer is I'll call isha isha. Every woman is a separate transgression. So that's why. So the Gemara says Why can't they learn that from there that there is a separate? Prohibition on every act. The answer is, you're right. That is the source. So then, what is the what, what are we learning from the extra mention or the singular mention of kares by choso? It's for a different thing. That even when a person who has a sister who happens to also be his father's sister, and also happens to be his mother's sister, uh, which. Uh, it's a little bit tricky. How yeah. can you have your own sister be your father's sister and your mother's sister? It's very possible. Okay. What? You want to know how? Very simple. What? How? Person has relations with his mother. Then he has a then 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 he has a daughter and then he has relations with his daughter. Okay, and then he has a son. So now, um, the mother has two daughters. What? The, the mother. One second. So what Rashi said, let me get the yeah, case yeah, yeah. exact right. So, yeah, no. So Rashi said, right. So basically somebody had relations with his mother. He had two daughters. He had, and then he marries one of them. He has relations with one and has a son. And the son has relations with the other. So that is his, the other sister, which is sister. From his same, it's his sister from his father, who's also his father's sister and also his mother's sister. Anyway, in that scenario where that one woman is both your your own sister and your father's sister and your mother's sister, okay. 
So, honey, Lamblu. So, so, so that's the. You so have that three kretos. You have three kares. That's the chiddush. Oh, you had one beer and three colors. Right. So, uh, so, Hani Lamalu, why would you need a pasuk? Lechalik. Hare Shemus Mukhlakin, What do you mean? It's three. I'm sorry. So, first we thought it's Achoso. You're doing a three people. Your sister, your, your aunt, your, your aunt from your father's side, and your aunt from your mother's side. Then we said, no, no. If that would be, of course, Chayv separately, because it's. Yeah. it's uh, uh, that's the exact Gufa. It's different names. In different bodies, it's the same lady who's all three, and uh, that is the basis. All right. Um, well, I guess we could stop over here at the Rabbi Yitzchak. What? Wow! If it was unintentional, right? If it was uh, it was unintentional, correct. Did you ever knew we we're gonna have one of these? That's what he asked. I don't know. Okay.